Welcome to the Breaking Chains podcast, where we are breaking free from the chains of our past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time we ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt in to a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in timeless principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you've been craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force and true prosperity in all arenas, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high performance coach and faith-based mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to the show. It's Christine Jewell. Y'all, today I have a good episode for you. We are wrapping up the six of the six-part series of reintroducing breaking chains and really breaking free from everything that was, whether that's generational patterns, addictions, and old life, to really say yes to the new. And obviously, we're not going to end at six episodes. This is just the beginning, the relaunch, as I've shared some really raw, real personal stories with you guys, especially in the first four episodes. And a lot of them were about the old life and the contrast versus the old life and the new life. And the old way and the new way is as it related to my body, my business, the way I handled money, men, <laughs> performance, all of it. And I would love to, you know, wrap this episode, this last of this series anyways, today on the topic of, you know, you may want this life. You may want it all. You may want the great marriage, the self-leading team, the guilt-free holidays and time off with your family where you can be fully present without guilt. You may want the mental capacity, the level of clarity, the physical fitness. You may want the body. You may want the freedom that you know, to work on what you want, when you want, how you want, right? Freedom is one of the greatest things that we all seek, all employees, everybody wants to have the freedom to choose. What do I get to work on? When do I get to do it? And how, how do I get to do it? The things that actually light you up, you know, you may want to have that laser-like focus to innovate and be creating rather than putting out fires all the time. You may want the intimacy with God, the closeness. You may want to know what it's like to actually hear his voice and to respond to his voice. And you may want to know what it's like to be pursued and protected and provided for by someone beyond just yourself, your ego, your flesh, and really to know what it's like to be in this journey of tandem walking together in partnership where God is truly like walking with you, you know, like that, that, um, poem, the footsteps in the sand, the footprints in the sand, right? You may want a spirit that is fully alive, a soul that's on fire, you know, a body that's ripped and fit, and you may want all of these things. But the question I have for you today is, are you willing? Are you willing to do what is required to be prepared to receive that life, to be positioned to receive that life? Are you willing to be, to do what it takes to be required, what it, what is required for you to receive that life, to normalize that life, to sustain it and multiply it. That's a lot of things, right? Are we prepared? Do we have the infrastructure in place? Am I willing to get my character right? Am I willing to restructure the things that need to be restructured so that I can actually be in a position to say yes, to receive this? Am I willing to do what it takes, what's required to normalize a new reality? 
If your dream is to have a schedule where you're not scheduled from 6 a.m., the minute you roll out of bed, you're checking texts till 10 at night when you hit the sheets exhausted. When you want, you dream of a time when you can have spaciousness to actually enjoy your lake house, your mountain home, your, your planes, your kids, whatever. You dream of spaciousness. You know, there's a different version of you that's required different operating systems, different standards, different boundaries, different things that you say yes to and no to, to protect, to become a fierce protector of this space, of spaciousness. Because your old identity is addicted to being scheduled back to back to back to back. Your old identity is used to being the man or the woman that everybody wants and everybody leans on. And you know, it feels really good to be the one that everybody comes to and runs to because it feels great for our ego to be the source to hold that much power, that much influence, that much authority, to be that needed, that wanted. I mean, can you see? It strokes every one of our six core needs of connection and significance and certainty and also variety, right? And growth and contribution. It's stroking all of those needs to be the one that everybody depends on. But the life you want if, and I want you to be really thinking about today, what is it that you want, that you've been longing for, that you've been desiring? Because here's the thing, I know many people, I've heard many people, I've been coaching now for 25 years, okay? That's like a quarter of a century. In some capacity, I've been coaching, whether it was athletics, sports teams, fitness, training, nutrition, high-level executives, entrepreneurs, ma masterminds. I've been in the coaching, training, developing skill sets, people, mindset, next level performance for 25 years in, in whatever capacity I was doing it in, right? It looked different at different stages in my life. And here's what I've noticed after 25 years of consistently coaching, training, developing other people. And also I want to say not, I did, I worked with a lot of high achievers, right? I've worked with a lot. I've worked with a lot of ultra high achievers today, but also ordinary people, everyday people that had dreams in their heart to become a better woman, a better man, a dream to create something better for themselves, for their children, for the future, right? And all you need to do is have that seed. You need to have that seed. But there's here, here's a clear distinction. There's a clear line between those who are willing, you know, to do what's required and those who just want to show up and talk about what they want and talk about why they can't have it and why their life is not aligned for it or what's wrong or who's standing in their way and coming up with every excuse of why it's either not for them or they can't do it at this stage of the game. It's too late. I'm too old. I'm too invested in my current life, my current business. And here's the thing. You would think that the higher up, right? Whatever that means to you, the higher up, the more successful you get, the more stuff you have, the more, the more willing, like the more accomplished you are, the more achievements you hit, the more goals you, you like knock off the list, right? The more stages you stand on, the more, the bigger your company gets. You would think that those people are going to be more willing, right? To ditch the old in order to make room for the new, because man, they've done it so many times, right? It's like, look, I know I can create, I know I can build. You would think that the more seasoned people uh, would be the ones that are willing to walk away, to take the risk, let go and lean into the next season. Like what's the next thing? Next evolution, next iteration, next level growth, depth, richness, fill in the blank. But actually here's what I found. And, and I want to say there is that that niche, that narrow gate of people who are willing to do that. But what I found is that most often, not always, right? 
there are the rare breeds. And right now, you guys, I want to, I want to like pick out the rare breeds and I want to invite you to become a rare breed, someone who walks the narrow gate, the narrow path, not the wide path where everybody gets lost in the sea of the wake of mundane life, routine, uh, disconnection, all of that. What I've found is that most often, the more success, the more stuff, the bigger houses, the more houses, the more square footage, the more toys, the more power, the more influence, the more fill in the blank someone has accumulated, the greater the fear of loss, the greater the fear of loss. And I got to tell you guys that I have, uh, I've done a lot of work on myself in this area. I continue to press in and really do a lot of work in the field of fear versus faith because the grips of fear are crazy controlling over people's lives. So I want to say that again, the more stuff we accumulate, the more afraid many of us are to lose everything that we built, whether it's conscious or whether it's unconscious, a lot of your time, your energy, your mental bandwidth, your thoughts start, there's this like restlessness and anxiousness that starts to rise of having to keep up a certain level of success, a certain level of income. Obviously, you know, your expenses rise, everything rises, right? The tide rises, the more you make, the more you spend for a lot of people. And so this pressure to keep up and hold on to what you've created and continue to go to the next thing, it, it is really challenging for people to release, release and trust when they're, especially when they come at this crossroads of like, something has to change, something has to change in order for us to save our marriage. Something's got to change in order for us to have a great marriage, to have a great family life, to actually be connected to our children instead of just living under the same roof with everybody having a separate life in order for our team to really come together under a great mission and be united again, instead of divided, full of gossip, drama, division, something has to change in order for me to go and innovate in order for you to innovate the next iteration of what God has for you to do on this planet, the next authorized work for you, you have to be willing to release the old, you, you, you know, something has to change. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I can't keep thinking how I thought something has to give. So here's the thing. Loss aversion is a real thing, right? This aversion, this avoidance, this, this thing that we go through that I will do anything and everything to avoid the possibility of potentially losing this relationship, this friendship, this level of whatever, this status, you know, the, this image that I've created. So this loss aversion, like, and again, much of it is unconscious scarcity is a default state of mind for the majority of humanity. Scarcity, meaning lack, there's not enough. There's not enough time, not enough energy, not enough resources, not enough good staff, not enough attractive men, not enough good men, not enough amazing women, not enough time to worship God, not enough time to work on my body. There's not enough fill in the blank. And so when we are operating through the lens of scarcity, and in the state, because it is a state of being, it's literally in your nervous system. It's in your psyche. It's in your emotional, energetic field. It's your psychology. It's how you make decisions. When you're operating from that place, you will always be grasping. You will always be ruled by fear. And fear now becomes the dictator for many, if not all decisions that you're making. 
inside of your marriage? Should I say this? Should I bring this conversation up or not? No, because I'm trying to avoid an argument and right unconsciously, I don't want to lose a battle or whatever. Should I deal with this inside of my organization? No, because I'm afraid we'll lose another employee, even though the culture is totally upside down and inside out and needs massive, you know, stop the bleeding, like, sew the thing up healing. We, we avoid and we start making really terrible decisions. Fear is a terrible counselor. Fear gives the worst counsel ever, the worst advice ever. We start making really stupid, excuse my language, financial decisions, decisions in our marriage, decisions about what we say yes to, where we will go, what we'll experience. And we are literally ruled over, lorded over by fear rather than love. Love, AKA the very essence of God. Love is the very, as God is love, right? And when we, we can't be ruled by fear and also be ruled by love. Like it doesn't work that way. You, you're always choosing, right? We're always choosing. Who's my master? I talked about that in the last episode. We are always choosing who will be Lord over us, who will have authority, what will have authority over us. Will it be fear or will it be love? And this doesn't mean that we don't experience fear or we don't get terrified or we don't whatever, but we have to choose. At some point, we're at this crossroads. We, get, we choose with every decision, with every vote, with every dollar, with everything we say yes to, everything we say no to, we're voting. Fear will make you, you know, I want to go back. You can only have one master. You can only have one Lord at a time. Some of y'all are flip-flopping, right? And, and we do this. We flip-flop like today I love God, but tomorrow I love fear. And tomorrow I'm ruled by faith on Sunday. And then on Monday, I'm ruled by fear again. Like it's a very disconcerting kind of state to live in when you're flip-flopping around like this wishy-washy faith equals wishy-washy results equals wishy-washy confidence and a, a lack of ability to really trust and lean into the voice of the spirit because you have wishy-washy results, right? You don't have a confidence muscle built up. Faith is moving into the unknown. Faith is moving and having confidence and hope in the things in the unseen. And I said this in the last episode, I'm repeating it. Trust is developed all the, over time. As you activate faith, you move in faith and you align your words, your actions, your emotions with moving towards the thing that you can't physically see that you do not have certainty over. Why are we having this conversation? Because if you really want to break free from the chains of your past, if you want to say yes to a 10 X life, a hundred X life, the life that you know, that you know, that you know, in your cells and your bones and the fiber and soul of your being, that you cannot continue to be ruled by fear. And this one thing, the desire might be there. The wanting might be there. But today's conversation is about willingness, not willpower, willingness. It's not actually a force energy. It's a powerful energy because it's yielding. It's surrendering, right? When you're willing, you're yielding, you're putting down, you're allowing yourself to be led into an open space of the unknown, the great unknown. Fear will have you making all kinds of excuses, for saying, no, 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 I can't do that right now. It is the wrong time. It's the wrong people. I don't have the means, right? I want you to really, I want to challenge you today to be checking. What is the life you say you want? How long have you been wanting that? Talking about it, not moving in faith, being sucked up and engulfed by the flames of fear. How long have you been wanting it? but you've given fear, permission, and authority to lord over you rather than activating your spiritual authority to command faith, 
to, to be quiet and to command or command fear to be quiet and command faith to increase courage to increase the desire to move in step with love and unity and multiplication to increase rather than contraction. Fear will have you holding on grip and white knuckle to like white knuckle to old clients, old projects, old ideas, old ideas of what your relationship could have been or should have been old memories. Oh, remember when I used to be a football player. Remember when I used to be this, remember when we used to have a great relationship and we're always looking backwards, nostalgic, depressed, sad, trying to get back to the way things used to be, which again, fear uses that to make us feel heavy, sad, lonely, depressed. Stay hanging out in your past for too long is not a good place to live because you'll start to feel heavy. The heavier you feel, the sadder you feel. That's also where we start to have regrets about things didn't say, things we didn't do. And we can just hang out there a little bit too long. Now I'm a fan of moving across timelines. I'm a fan of going back in time and seeing where we once were comparing to where we are today, seeing how much progress and growth, how many pearls of wisdom, hard lessons we've learned away along the way. I'm a fan of going back and celebrating beautiful moments, remembering, cause our brain loves to remember all the ways that we messed up, but remembering the ways you have succeeded, the ways you have launched yourself, you know, into greater potentials, whatever that is, making great, you know, more money, moving in faith, getting the right people around you, the right relationships, leaving toxic relationships. It's important to go back and, and just hang out there for a second and witness and honor and recognize and appreciate. But then we got to come back. <laughs> we got to come back to center. I also am a big fan of moving into the future and being able to see in the unseen, what's not currently presenting in your reality today. Can you see through your spiritualized the vision that God has for your future? Can you see the vision for your children? Can you see the vision for your grandchildren? Because I want to tell you, these are the things you need to be speaking over your life, over your marriage, over your children, not what they're doing wrong, not what you see them missing the step on, but what you see in the future that God has ordained for them. This is a supernatural principle of spiritual battle. When you are fighting in the unseen realm for the things that matter most, when I pray, I pray for my children's children's future. I pray for my son, my daughters, my sons, my daughters, as women and men of God, loving God, working for the Lord, doing amazing things, amazing work, impacting people, leading a life of freedom, fulfillment, and impact. I, I pray for a deep connection and unity as a family. Is that all present today? No, not in every area physically, but I know that I know that that's the plan and the purpose that God has for them. So I'm going to speak victory over that. Now I got to come back into the present moment and choose today how we move according to that vision or what's presenting today. So we're always responding, but we're always responding fearfully, reactively. And again, it might be a different emotion, but at the root, they all come down to the two. We're either responding or reacting from reaction contraction or responding from a state of expansion possibility, potential, right? And, and I was just in the washroom. I'm deviating for a second, but the most, I want to say this, one of the most powerful prayers and things you can ask for when it comes to your spouse, your children, your teams, whatever is God. I'm going to use the example of your spouse. God, if you're struggling with your spouse, if you're griping and you're complaining and you're nitpicking each other, and I'm sharing this because I've been there, I've done it. Sometimes I can catch myself wanting to go down that rabbit hole. I have to keep saying, God, 
Let me see him the way you see him. Let me see her the way you see her. Let me see what you see in them. Because right now, I only see this, but I want to see what you see. Let me speak into them what you would speak into them. Not what I want to say, because right now I have a few choice words that I could select. I have a few things I'd like to point out. But it's being able to override the ego, override the flesh, override the reactive, impulsive nature (laughs) of our chemical cocktail of our body and be able to override that and not to suppress it, but to be able to consciously feel that, honor the fact that I'm human, I'm feeling these things, I'm thinking these things, but I can also have a spirit that I can lead from right now. And I'm choosing who gets to have authority over this situation. It doesn't mean I'm repressing and suppressing. I want to be clear on that. But the prayer is, Lord, let me see them the way you see them. Let me see him or her, that child, that husband, that wife that is struggling with, that's not showing up the way I want them to. What would you speak into them? How would you show up for them? What do you want them to know? Let me be a vessel for that. It takes a lot of emotional and spiritual maturity, courage, faith, consistency, commitment, devotion to operate in that space. It's daily practice. It never ends. It's not a one and done. We're like always doing some days we fail epically. Other days we win and we start stacking wins and that's how we get to the new normal. But I want to go back when we're ruled by fear and we're lorded by fear and we're unwilling to go beyond the flesh, beyond the reactive nature of whatever we're feeling right now and say, spirit, lead me, spirit, lead me, spirit, lead me and giving authority over the spirit. Fear will have us gripping white knuckled onto all of these old things, trying to get back to the way things used to be. Fear will have you hiding from difficult conversations, from challenging conversations that actually will create more intimacy, more connection, more growth. Fear will have you hiding from things like numbers, terrified of money. It will have you doubting yourself. It'll have you escaping reality, right? Through drinking, maybe sexcapades, porn, shopping, food, uh, numbing out on television, social media, will have you looking for ways out mindlessly playing games on your phone or whatever. I don't know what that's like, but I know that this is something people do. It'll have you doubting and watering yourself down to please everybody else. And you'll be a pleaser. You'll start to bend. It'll have you comp- compromising your values lowering your standards. You'll conform to the world. You're going to end up looking like, smelling like, talking like everyone else that's in the wide gate. (laughs) It's crowded there for a reason. I say that all the time because I'm on repeat with a lot of these things because I want them to sink in to your head, into your bones, into your body. Fear will have you compromising who you are and everything that is created for you. It will have you selling out and settling. Love Love, on the other hand, is unlimited. When we are talking about God essence, the the spirit of God himself, God himself, he is unlimited. He is limitless. He is everything and anything in between. So we're talking about the ultimate state of expansion is being in a state where love, faith is, is ruling, life force. God is life. The absence of God is death, right? Like it's life or death. That's that's why we're told life or death lie in the power of the tongue, in the power of what we expose our eyes and ears to and our body to and our sexuality to. We're always choosing with everything we say yes to. Love is creative energy, not 
factory energy, right? If you look around in nature, I'm looking out, I see these trees everywhere, I see birds. There's no two trees alike. There's no two birds alike. There's no two snowflakes alike. God is a God of uniqueness, individuality. And at the same time, there's a oneness, a harmony about everything. Isn't that beautiful? Creation is always moving. It's always evolving. It's cyclical. Nothing about love and creation and original design is just pump, 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 always be produced in 24 seven little minions, copycats of the same things, clones feeling like a machine. That's a factory system. That's an inverted system. I talked about that in the last podcast episode again, which I'm building off of, but we have to realize when I'm if I'm looking sideways, like, oh my gosh, what are the competition doing? And I think I need to do it that way. And we start freaking out about what competitors are doing or what competitors have, or they, someone stole our message, or we start getting into this space of losing our unique ability, our core genius, our gifts, our talenting, the thing that makes you uniquely you. There's only one of you that can run that organization the way that God designed you to do it, right? And when he's done with you there, he will remove you from there and someone else will come in. So either you fulfill the mission or you don't. And either way, th this is for a season, right? It's not forever. So love is expansive. It's creative. We're always creating. We're always evolving. Love is the ultimate multiplier right? It multiplies. I mean, it multiplies life through birth. It multiplies ideas. It multiplies visions. It multiplies fruits, right? The fruits of our labor it could be financial fruit. It could be relationships. There's a lot of ways to measure success and abundance. Money is just one way, but true wealth is much deeper than that, right? It's, it's time wealth. It multiplies time. It multiplies energy. So when we're operating from a state of love, which by the way, the very fabric of that is faith that makes you more of who you are, not less. It moves you and it drives you in different ways than fear does. You're motivated differently. You're driven by different things. The fire is just different. It's life-giving. It's expansive. It's multiplying. And I especially want to say this for those of you who think if I don't have that kind of drive, that fire under my butt, fires to put out chaos. I was listening to a, a call earlier Mark was having with, with one of his, his groups. And I heard one of the guys say, you know, we're all addicted to chaos in here. And if we didn't have the chaos, we wouldn't know what to do. And that is unfortunately the mindset that a lot of us have, that we feel like we need a bunch of problems. We need a bunch of challenges. We need to always have fires or else we're somehow going to lose our passion, our desire, our drive. When in reality, those very things are sucking the life out of you. They're actually the things that are drying you up. They're drying up your creative juices, your optimal flow state. They're drying up the vision that God has for you because you're stuck in a chase on a hamster wheel, rather than using a fire that really ignites something completely new, something life-giving. Because when you're in momentum on life-giving territory, like there's a whole different drive that you experience when you're in this really expansive momentum. And I know you felt it before. If you were ever creating anything, maybe it was art, maybe it was music, maybe it was in sports, maybe it was with team in the early stages where there was a lot of excitement and it was a lot of creation energy before it got stagnant and overcomplicated. And, you know, we started having all this stuff going on internally. There was a different type of energy 
that fueled the drive. And that's what we're talking about. So I want to say that when you are leading from love, it's a partnership. When you're leading in faith, it is truly a partnership because faith means I'm moving into the unseen. Um, I don't know every step. I certainly can't control every step. I do not have the entire roadmap. Um, I can't predict the next 10 steps. <laughs> I, I can maybe predict some patterns maybe, right? There are some things I can predict how I'll show up. I can predict God because in the sense he is unchanging. I can predict his character. I can predict that he come through, but there are things that I just can't see. And so it requires me to move into partnership rather than this transactional relationship. This is also true if you decide to move in faith and in love in your marriage. It is a true partnership. It is no longer a transactional tip for tat. I do this for you. If you do that for me, I'll scratch your back. If you scratch mine, different level. It's an evolved partnership and it's an evolved union. And I want to say that love operates in the realm of ultimate trust. There's no such things as a little bit of trust or a lot of trust. You either trust or you don't. It's either yes or no, because if I trust you mostly, but I don't trust you, I don't trust you fully. I'm not all in. So it is ultimate trust. It is ultimate surrender. It's ultimate vulnerability, faith, because we have, we're putting ourselves online. We have, we're saying, okay, you know, there's a risk here that I can lose everything. I can lose it all. I might lose it all. I might lose, I might get rejected. I, I, I might, you know, we're, we're laying it all on the line. It's a different level of faith and surrender. So back to the question, there's many people that want a 10 X life, a beautiful life, a successful life, a next level, rich, beautiful, abundant life of freedom. And the work is fulfilling and the marriage is great and the health is amazing. And, but it will require choosing, willing a different path to be willing to move down a different path. And I'm going to say the path is scary. <laughs> the path is unpredictable. The path requires a lot of courage and a lot of faith, and it requires a willingness to let go of everything that you thought you knew, everything that you thought you, you were, your old identity, what people thought about you, what people knew you as. It might require that you sell your stuff and move. It might require that you downsize or upsize. I don't know, but it will require a whole new set of actions. And you're going to talk different. You're going to need to have crazy boundaries to, to hold the new normal. You're going to start saying yes to different things. You're going to start saying no to everything that's not aligned, which means you're going to be willing to let some people down. You got to be willing to no longer be the one, the face that everybody comes to and runs to the savior of everybody. So the question really is, you know, what is it that you want? And are you willing to get uncomfortable for a season so that you can move into the territory and the land? that God has for you, that next season of your life that's calling for you. You know, there's a parable. It's not a parable exactly, but an account found in the New Testament where Jesus talks about this young, rich ruler, right? And this, this young man comes to, to Jesus and he basically says, you know, what, I'll actually just read it. Someone came to him and said, teacher, what good thing shall I do to obtain eternal life in your kingdom? Right. And Jesus says, well, why are you asking me about this? Uh, and then there's only one who is essentially good. But if you wish to enter into eternal life, just keep, keep the commandments. And the guy says, yeah, uh, which commandments? And Jesus tells him and he says, yeah, I've already done all that. I'm good. I've kept all these things, but what am I still lacking? 
right? This young ruler, he has everything. He's a rich man. He's done all the right things. He showed up to church on Sunday. He's not murdered anyone. He's loved the neighbor. He's not stolen. He's, he's given abundantly, you know, he's, he's an honorable man, a rich, honorable man. And he says, something is missing. What is it? And Jesus says, if you wish to be perfect, that is have the spiritual maturity, go and sell what you have. Give your money to the poor and come follow me, right? Believe and trust in me as the path of life. And, and basically, I think that this verse has been taken out of context. People think that it has to do with money and money is evil and we should just sell everything and give everything away because, you know, otherwise we love money. But what that was, was a test of saying, what are the things that you're afraid? You're asking me what's on the other side. What else is available? And it's on the other side of the one thing that you're not willing to open your hand to. And so I believe that this was a testament of, of Jesus testing this man's character to say, you really want to see what the next level, rich, fulfilling, eternal life is like, come follow me. I'll show you the way, like, come with me where we're going. Money can't buy this experience. What we're going to do, no money can buy this level of miracles you're about to see. What we're about to do here, you know, there's no way you can experience it. Having those things, but it was more about what his heart was attached to. And you know how the parable goes or the story goes. The man walked away. It wasn't a parable. I apologize. It was an account. The man walks away and he was sad, right? He was sad because he wasn't willing to do what was required for what it was that he was asking Jesus for. And it's so powerful. It's so powerful. If you can really tune into that, I want to, I want to ask you like, what is the one thing that you're unwilling to give to release? If you, if, if, if I told you everything you're asking for is on the other side of this, everything you're asking for is truly on the other side of this. And you, the only guarantee you have is that you got to understand you have to have a faith in God. You have to have a faith in that vision that you can't see, but he's telling you everything you're asking for is on the other side. But first it's going to require that you release this thing. What is it that makes your heart go <gasps> right? Like uh, anything but that, anything but that we all have something like that, I think. And I think that as we want a deeper, richer, more meaningful life, a more fulfilling life, more fulfilling work, we want to create more impact. We want to leave more legacy. We continue to get tested with this. We hit these different stages where we go, why do I have more than I ever had? And I'm still unfulfilled. And my question to you is what are you holding on to that you have been unwilling to step away from so that you can experience the 10X life. You know, a, a book came out recently called 10X is Easier Than 2X. It was Dan Sullivan, Benjamin Hardy. I have it here on my on my desk and it is a phenomenal, phenomenal book. It's not a, a faith-based book at all. It's business or mindset book of stepping into your 10X life. And they talk about when you want to exponentially grow, whether it's the amount of money you make, clients, the work that you're doing, as the leader, you have to stop doing 80% of everything that you were doing before. You have to just focus in on what's the 20%, those few things that you were doing that are going to be the key things that normalize your new future. And if I think back to the rich young ruler, I'm sure there's some skills, some talents, some abilities that he had, that 20% that would have really served him and the whole mission and the disciples and everyone well, if he was willing to go, that would have really multiplied the whole, it would have exponentially increased his life. And I believe he probably would have had 
the stuff back or whatever. That's just neither here or there. But he was willing to let go of the 80%. And I've been meditating about this. Mark and I have been talking a lot about what this looks like for us. And as we looked over our own life and our own experience and we wrote down, you know, what were the leaps that we made out of faith? I, I would say that looking around, we have both made exponential quantum leaps in our life. Our life today, just five years after we met, looks radically different, like completely different in every single area. It is a total reconstruction of everything financially, emotionally, spiritually, in our health, in our relationships, like where we live, how much money we make, the house, the work that we're doing, our spirituality, everything is completely rebirthed renewed, transformed, meaning it's no longer what it was. It is so much better. Was it good before? Yeah, it was good. It was great, <laughs> right? Like I had a successful business. I was making great money. I was traveling, doing what I wanted, but it was a different level of richness and depth that I have today. And I think about what were the things that I had to go through to get here. And a huge piece of my initiation required the willingness to open my hands where I was gripping and holding tightly. I had to walk away from a relationship that I was in for, you know, eight years, my second long-term relationship after a failed divorce. And then I was in another one and to walk away again and feel like, oh my gosh, talk about the aversion to loss. Like here I go again, I'm going to lose another relationship. I'm going to fail again. What kind of person fails this many times in relationship? Like there was so much garbage there that that loss aversion was a real thing. I had to walk away from a business that I had built from the ground up, literally from the ground up from $0, selling my wedding ring to open it up to being the, the way that sustained our family, our finances, our kids, put it like fed us. We went from having nothing. And so you, you see how much of your identity is like, I all I know is all I know. Like, this is what I've always done. This is what I'm good at. This is what I know. If I would have held on to that, it would have been such a mess today because God was already moving me into the next thing. It required me to like, look at that building that I had bought, look at that, that location, you know, celebrate the memories that were there, celebrate the time that I was an athlete and I was coaching athletes and I was coaching people and doing nutrition and training and running clinics and such a huge part of that community. And I had to like lovingly, powerfully release it back to God. You know, there's a time I had to close it down, right? I just decided it's time to close that business down. And again, whether you close it, whether you sell it, whether you have somebody else take over it and you transition, it's irrelevant. The point is, whatever your path is, are you willing to step away, to step into the new thing? There will almost always, in fact, I will say always be a void an unknown. Because if you're just jumping from one to the next, it's like jumping from one relationship to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, or job hopping. But when you can take the time and space to drop into, you know what, now this season is over. What is the full yes? And you can make room for the next season, man, that's when God shows up. That's when miracles start to happen. So, you know, it required I let go of, of a relationship that I held dear and that included friends, circles of friends, right? We had our own things after eight years with someone, you're doing things, right? You have friends, uh, friend groups, you have activities you do together, you have places you go and everything has to change, right? Everything changes. And that's just the way it is. I had to let go of the business. I had to let go of my primary source of income without fully knowing yet how it was going to be replaced. The thing is like, I believe that the faster and more willing you are, the quicker things get replaced. For me, there was hardly a gap at all. Um, 
the the income the income was replaced very very quickly and multiplied because I really pressed in and I was willing to go into the unknown. I had no idea. Like even when I got divorced 10 years before that, I had no idea how I was going to support myself. I had no idea how I was going to pay for rent, pay for groceries, pay for food. But once I committed and I went all in, even though I didn't know, I had a willingness to go, okay, I'm going, you're, I'm going, you're coming with me. God showed up. People showed up. The support, the resources, the provision, the direction showed up. And so here I am again at another crossroads, you know, and we went through another leap when we moved here to North Carolina, I had to leave Canada after 20 years, my home, I've got three kids that are still two kids that are still up there. I mean, they're 18 and 20, but that was hard, right? To say, okay, we're going to start this new season of life. There was so much history there, but to be able to say, okay, this is the next chapter we're going. We didn't have all the answers. We didn't know even 30 days before we moved here. We didn't even have a house. I think it was maybe 45 days. We didn't know where we were going to live. It was so, such a step of faith, such a step of willingness every step of the way. And even now drop the armor. My book, the final manuscript has come through. In fact, this morning I sent out five uh, endorsement letters with copies of that. I'm so excited to be gathering those. We're going to be launching around June 2nd. So make sure that you're staying, you know, tune in for the pre-order links. But as I step out and I say, okay, God, I'm going all in. I'm going to be a spokesperson. I'm going to get this message into the world. I'm putting it out there. There's a lot of things that he's calling me to do again, to step into that. I have no clue what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, what it looks like, where things are going to come from, how they're going to come together, but I'm willing. And I said to my coach earlier today, you know, wherever he sends me, I'm willing, I'm willing to go. And I said the other day when I was walking on the on the block for my prayer walk around the block, I said, you know, I don't want to step on any stage that he's not standing on there with me. I don't want to write any book that he's not got my pen or my hands writing with me. I don't want to share any messages that he doesn't also isn't speaking through me. I am committed and willing to partner up in the next season, in the next thing. And, and I want to say this final thing before I hop is that wherever you are, you can be content. You can be joyful. We can celebrate where we're at. We can delight in where we're at. We can be at ease where we're at while also be excited about growing and evolving and stretching and raising the standard all the time because we're always evolving. We're always on the move, right? Even when we're resting, you're still on the move. And so this is also a growth uh, invitation is being the person that doesn't always have to be on or off or in a certain place or living in a gap, but just recognize, can I love where I'm at today, knowing that I'm on the move, <laughs> God's on the move and the move looks different at different stages of life. It really frees you up from so much heaviness, frustration, anxiety, when you let go of the need to control, when you are no longer letting fear be Lord over you. You guys, I want to thank you for being here today. I know that this was a powerful message, man. I felt the power of this message. I pray that you will lean in and allow the Holy Spirit to lead over you, to have authority over your life, to start to lead you in faith wherever you go. I want to challenge you to reach out to me after this podcast. If you listen to this, I definitely would love to have your five-star review. Secondly, I want you to reach out to me either through LinkedIn or Instagram or any of our channels that you can reach below. I want to know how this has impacted you. I feel like this is a really powerful message that hit home. And lastly, if you want to get support and scaffolding around you, that means get in the room with other people who are on this journey that are committed to showing up to getting the tools, doing the practices, getting the coaching and mentorship. 
we have an amazing mastermind called the Roundtable for leaders who are ready to really grow and evolve in their marriages, in their lives, and really to create a life of having it all, but the kingdom way, uh, the life of freedom, fulfillment, fueled by faith. And I'll tell you this, it's going to require your willingness. So if you are willing, click on the link below, book a call. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute right now to subscribe and review. Your five-star review goes so far in getting this message into the ears and hearts of the people who need to receive it. Thank you again for being part of this conversation. Have a beautiful, blessed, and prosperous day.